Al, it's time to talk about one of our favorite weird video game accessories. Mm-hmm. The Sotel of You. Sotel of You. And also some some other games that came that are associated with what we're talking about. Yeah, but mostly Sotel of You. Sotel of You. Actually, it's not mostly Sotel of You, but it really isn't. But it's it's also it just gives us an opportunity to talk about the Sotel of You. And I mean, this has been a significant like part of the Sotel of You history, and I mean, I guess the the larger Nintendo history. So it's it's kind of a nice little little bit we're gonna have here. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc, Al, and Ladium. Hello. This is episode number 279. And we're going to talk about Chrono Cross mm-hmm. and also Radical Dreamers. Or Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. Yeah, call whatever you want. Well, that just <laughs> encompasses everything. Yeah, that's the uh, the re-release that just recently came out for all of consoles that are out there, basically. We'll talk about that. Oof. Yes. But uh, we're going to do this, I guess, in... Chronological order? Chronological order, yes. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to think of the word, but obviously that's, you know, baked into the to the series here. Yep, yep. Chronological order. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Radical Dreamers first, and then we'll dive into Chrono Cross, the game itself. Mm-hmm. You played through both of these. Sure did. The re-release and obviously Radical Dreamers. I have not played through either of these, so you're going to be talking a lot about these games. You're going <laughs> to I'm participate. Gonna, I'm going to provide background information for these games while you tell us about the actual games themselves. Okay, and also just for clarification, I did not get all the endings because I ain't got time for that. Um, I mean, we have like all the endings, I think, here on wikipedia so yeah yeah um so i got we can the talk about those there i got the true ending for radical dreamers and i think the like the true ending for um uh, uh chrono cross gotcha gotcha or like the canonical uh, ones i guess is the way right, right right um so yeah radical dreamers was first it was basically done after chrono trigger mm-hmm. kind of like a little spin-off for it essentially um, it was released on, trying to find it again, there it is, February 3rd of 1996, and then there were subsequent broadcasts afterwards through May, March 8th of 1996 on the Satellaview, which if you are unaware of the Satellaview, it was an add-on for the Super Famicom that allowed you to get satellite broadcasts of games or shows or whatever you wanted, or whatever they decided to broadcast on that, mm-hmm. um, some stuff on there that was like, Exclusive to it because, like, obviously they weren't putting these things out on hardware itself. So a lot of this stuff is kind of lost to time unless they do the work to bring it back out like they did with the this re-release of Chrono Cross. So this had not been playable in English ever before and basically had not been playable legally mm-hmm. since 1996. Yeah, and also worth noting, um, this came out, like, a year almost to the date after Chrono Trigger, which is wild. Correct. We'll get into that and how that may have affected some things. Oh. <laughs> so let's let's talk about development of Radical Dreamers here real quick. Okay. It was developed by Square, obviously. What? The company which had previously developed Chrono Trigger, 
Masato Kato, who is the director of Chrono Trigger, wrote Radical Dreamers after Chrono Trigger's release, feeling that Trigger concluded with unfinished business. He composed the main story and drafted the concepts for the sub-scenarios, leaving them to be completed by his peers. He allowed Makato Shimamoto to write the entire Kid in the Sunflower segment, later joking that he avoided having any part in that episode. While Miwa Shoda was in charge of the Shadow Realm and the Goddess of Death segment... According to scenario writer Daisuke Fukugawa, responsible for the game's the enigmatic Giggle Weapon Paradise X subplot, the game's graphical content pushed the Satellaview's technical limits, requiring developers to redraw pre-rendered models into function until functional gameplay could be ensured, which is weird because essentially this is just a visual novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, compared to Chrono Trigger, the plot of Radical Dreamers has a bleak tone which Kato ascribed to his deep frustration and anger about coming to work every day following Chrono Trigger's hectic <laughs> development. I mean, that's fair. Specifically, kids' nihilistic feelings were Kato's own expressions at the time. Kato intended both Dreamers and his eventual successor, Chrono Cross, to prompt players to pursue their personal dreams in life. Due to being a small side project, there was a general sense of freedom compared to other Square titles. The decision to make it a text-based adventure helped push the game into its darker direction. Kato intended, intended for it to be a survival adventure title, but abandoned this specific approach after the release of Resident Evil. What? <laughs> Uh, the more comedic, comedic additional scenarios help balance out the somber elements in the main narrative. Reflecting on his work, Kato felt his work on Radical Dreamers helped solidify his title. Style. Bleh. Kato's team completed Radical Dreamers in only three months under a rushed pr production schedule, prompting him to label the game unfinished in an interview for Ultimania Chrono Cross Guide. Square, is initially requested it, Square had initially requested it to be finished in two months. Kato regretted that the schedule hampered the quality of his work and explained that the connections to Chrono Trigger were revoked towards the end of the project. So that sounds like it was a huge mess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, Kato was initially, like, very against this being released again. Yes, yes. There's, because... there's some stuff here. Oh, okay. You have that? Um, yeah, Square originally wanted to include the game as part of the PlayStation port of Chrono Trigger, but Kato stopped him due to his dissatisfaction with the final product. And while he had the option of incorporating it into the Nintendo DS remake of Chrono Trigger, he did not due to his due to his very different tone and questionable market demand. While uncertain about its quality in the gaming market at the time, at the at, at the time at the time, <laughs> bad writing. <laughs> yep. Kato was open to possibly of a, of re-releasing re a version of Radical Dreamers. Um, and then I, I guess later in like 2009, after the Chrono Trigger DS uh, remake came out, he expressed concern over re-releasing it as he cited he needed to revise the work as is essentially but then it just came out i guess with this and i don't know if anyone said hey how do you feel about this yeah i wonder if they like got his input or if he got to change anything or if this is just they're like hey he's like oh cool i guess thanks i don't know I would like to know. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have, like, they interviewed him, like, a few decades ago, like, in the 2000s, and they're, like, I don't know if they really had anyone talk to him with this coming out. Right. Or if really he has anything to do with it, because, he, like, he's freelance now, so it's not like he's working with Square. Right. So, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Let's talk a little bit about music real quick. Yeah, that was that was an interesting little section I just read. The music of Radical Dreamers was written by a composer, Yasunori Mitsuda, who scored Chrono Trigger and later Chrono Cross. 
During this time, Matsuda was listening to Russian folk music and used the style to, in the music for Radical Dreamers. He wrote the score in a very relaxed style, which he felt produced his best work at the time. Matsuda wrote the music in around three months and in retrospect thought it turned out well. <laughs> Several themes and musical patterns were later adapted for Chrono Cross at Kato's suggestion. Many appear unchanged except for new instrumentation. Masuda estimated that about half the music for Radical Dreamers was reused in Chrono Cross. Confirmed, yes. Which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he's like, oh yeah, I, you know, we got this done in three months, I'm okay with it. And like the the other parts of the development team are just like, ah! <laughs> just everything's on fire, freaking out. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. He's like, oh yes, you know, my Russian folk music, this is fine. <laughs> wild i'm just having a good time <laughs> while everything else is on fire yep. yay so yeah uh a weird thing obviously like i mean things that came out i think for the satel of you were most notably weird things yes um but this definitely feels like a very weird thing because it's a side story to chrono trigger a game that was very late in the super nintendo's life cycle mm -hmm. and this is obviously coming out in 1996 when the next generation of consoles are already out. Right. So it's like one of the things like, are people really going to pay attention to this? Especially because it's not a JRPG like Chrono Trigger was. It's a visual novel, essentially. Right. So you have that going for you. And it's on this weird satellite thing. Um, and then obviously it never comes out elsewhere, except like, you know, there are English fan translations of it, but mm -hmm. that's it until now recently. So, it is very interesting to see, like, you know, how people are going to react to this in general, considering, you know, the director's like, I wish I could redo this, essentially, and seemingly did not get a chance to redo it. They just put, I mean, obviously, the the cool thing is they put the Satellaview version in here, which I would be happier with if they did that and not just, like, redo it and not put that in there. Right. Yes, I agree. But also, it's weird that they're like, they have multiple instances of the creator being like, yeah, I wish I could like go back and fix some stuff in this. And then they just like, eh, we're just going to throw this in here, whatever. Yep. <laughs> um, but you played through some of this, at least. You didn't play through, I guess, all the endings, as you said earlier. Mm -hmm. um, as someone who's played through Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, and you played through this afterwards, mm -hmm. what were your, your thoughts and all that on this? Okay, so... Um... I, I am not a stranger to text-based things at all. Um, right. So it very much plays like an old text-based adventure game. Like, you see this thing. Okay, well, we're going to turn left down this hall type kind of stuff. Um, right. The bizarre thing about this, oh, there are a few bizarre things about this, but one of the bizarre things about this is that it has random encounters. Like, it has random battles. Mm-hmm that just show up and you're like oh cool i was just walking down the hall and now i'm battling some like goblins or something wall <laughs> goblins um which i would not have expected but i guess they're just like trying to tie it back into how chrono trigger was a, a, a jrpg with random encounters right um so that felt odd um it was fine, I guess. I finally figured out, like, the patterns on how to attack them. And once you know the patterns on the enemies, like, you can literally just kill them without taking any damage whatsoever. Which is another thing, is that you play a Surge, who is a different Surge than the Surge that we know. Because this is Surge, who is a musician. 
and kind of looks like a member of the KKK. Um, <laughs> I sent you that and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, with like big, big belt loop things. It's very bizarre. Um, but Surge, like the gameplay mechanic is that you have a hidden HP meter and you have a hidden affection meter for kid. And those two things, like, obviously, if you lose HP, you die. Um, but the affection meter influences, like, what kinds of endings you can get and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to make decisions that she likes. One of those is that, like, you are timed on these random battles. So, like, if somebody pops up, you have, like, a few seconds to make a decision on what you're going to do or else like they're going to do something to you first, which scared me the first time it happened. Cause I was trying to figure out what do I do? And then it's like, what if I just try and eat you? I'm like, no, 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 no. I I'm, I'm making decisions. This is JRPG. Let me make decisions. Nope. Nope. This is not how this works. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a whole thing. Um, but I played Chrono Cross first when I played this, and mm-hmm. then I came back into Radical Dreamers, and I was like, oh, hey, like one of the subplots very early on in Chrono Cross is just this in a different way. Um, and it is confirmed in Cross that this is like an alternate timeline version of events. Mm-hmm. So that's also a thing. Um, so you play a Surge, as I mentioned, he is a musician. Um, kid is a 16 year old thief and they are joined by, um, Magul, Magul, um, who is Magus for some reason. (laughs) Um, except for he has a mask on and just doesn't ever say anything ever. Um, he will occasionally throw in an opinion, except for one ending where it's very bizarre. But um, the the story of this is basically like the infiltration of the the Viper Manor. Um, there's there's a guy named Lynx there that Kid is very angry with, and um, he he killed like a a group of like dragoons, and um, she wants the um, Frozen flame. That's what it's called. She wants the frozen flame. All of this, except for the dragon part, is in Chrono Cross. Every single bit of it, except for Surge is not a musician and Magus is not there. Well, depending on who you ask, Magus is not there. That is a big depending on who you ask, (laughs) Um, which is a whole other thing, is that at one point they, they wanted Magil to be Magus, which he is. That's confirmed. But then they thought about having Magus as Magil in Chrono Cross. Um, but then they like ran out of time to make his backstory work. So they're just like, this is just another random masked magician guy. And his name is Guile. <laughs> and so like all the fans are like, well, this is Magus. And no, no, this is Guile. This is not Magus, obviously. It's strange. Original character, do not steal. And basically, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we can't make this backstory work. Um, new guy. 
Um, so yeah. It's odd that they were that it says that like he put in the the Chrono Trigger references later or towards the end. Because like the entire like true ending part of this ties directly into Trigger. So I'm not sure how that would have worked otherwise. Um because like the frozen flame is a part of Lavos, the the final boss and Chrono Trigger and the, the, the dude who is a you know big bad in Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Um and Kid is Kid was raised by Luca from Chrono Trigger. Also, she died. Lynx killed her, so that's why Kid wants to murder him. Um, but also like Lynx wants to fight her because she has the the time egg, uh, or also known as the Chrono Trigger, um, that she has to like trade for Surge's life at one point because he's useless in this anyway. Um, so it's odd to me that they're like, yeah, that was kind of thrown in last minute. Like that, that's a big part of the story there that you guys just kind of like flung in apparently. To be fair, they had three months. Okay. That is, that is <laughs> very, very fair. That is fair. Um, but I will say that if you play Radical Dreamers first, which some people did, um, it spoils a lot of stuff from Cross. Um, like, it, it spoils the fact that Kid has the time egg, and it spoils the fact that she was raised by Luca, and it spoils who the heck she is, because she's, like, a reincarnation... Not a reincarnation. She's a clone, basically, of Shala from Chrono Sugar. Um... Like, all of that is used in Cross. Every single bit of that. So, well, and obviously Lynx and the Viper Banner and all is is also um, and the Frozen Flame. All of that is in Chrono Cross. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, like, you could definitely see how it, it, it was the influence for Cross and how he's like, yeah, this is an idea I had. Let me, like, make this into something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, which... I think would also tie into the whole idea of he's like, yeah, this is incomplete or I'm not happy with it. And then he goes on to make cross, which is expanding on all of these ideas. Well, some of these ideas. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, at the time, like they probably weren't thinking like, oh, we're going to make a sequel to Chrono Trigger. No, here. probably not. Because obviously Chrono Cross doesn't come until like 99, 2000. So it's definitely a few years after this is comes out. So they had time after that to really be like, okay, let's take what we made with this and expand upon it and really go full into it instead of just making it this little small thing. Let's make it actually into a bigger blown up game. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, you also get like... um. Riddell's in here, which she's a character in in um, Cross. Pretty significant character. She looks very different in this, though. Obviously, because the art is to tell of you. Um, mm-hmm. Which... That is something that I was not expecting, is the way that the art looks. Um, 
which I don't know what I was expecting. Honestly, I have no idea what I was expecting. But, um, you know, if you're walking down a hallway in in the story, then, you know, you'll, you'll get like a small animated gif, basically, of like Kid and Surge and Maggle like walking down a hallway. Um, you, you have some events like um, when you go into Riddell's room, like all you see when you go in the room is a mirror, but then... Like once you start communicating with your characters, like you see their reflection in the mirror. Um, so you see who you're playing. And then as I mentioned, like at the end, when you're talking to Lynx, they're all like confronting him and you look like a clan member. Um, there's also another moment where you're on like a weird trap thing and you can see all three of the characters, but it's also different because, like, they didn't get Toriyama back to do the character designs and that, artwork. That's for, an improvement. For this. Well, to some people it might be. That's an improvement. <laughs> a huge improvement. But, yeah, like that's obviously a big difference in terms of, like, how the art's going to look. And, like, especially with, like, the characters and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and, I mean, you do get some descriptions of them and, like... The funniest thing is that kids basically like a manic pixie dream girl at the beginning, which is great. It's like, you know, she's the most lovely thing you've ever seen. Now you like fall into her eyes. Also, she's just a punk ass kid. Um, it's like, uh, okay, great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's definitely a moment of like men writing women that was, uh, um, also, she was like 16 so I'm like oh yikes um which i guess that's a good segue into there are some things in this game that did not age well <laughs> um like the the one ending where magal magus whatever you want to call him basically turns into like weird I don't want to be friend zone bullshit and like steals a, a lady just steals her and like everybody at at Viper Manor is like cheering him on as he's stealing her away he literally throws her over his shoulder and runs off with her and they're like yay and he he gets mad at one point legitimately mad because she's like yeah you should come back during the day as a friend and he just like loses his at the word friend I'm like oh my god magus was a very good character in chrono trigger and you guys are turning him into one of these dudes this is the worst um so yeah <laughs> how long did this take me to get through I did finally figure out I could save. That was nice. That helped me a lot. Like a couple hours? I think it took me like two hours-ish. It was yeah. pretty quick to get one ending, and I was not getting the rest of the endings. I'm sorry, children. There's no way I was going to do that. <laughs> um, But there are several endings, and I think most of them are just like quote-unquote funny endings. Just weird stuff that they decided to throw in there? Yeah. To kind of like offset the the darker tones of the, the main plot. 
I do like that there is a critter called Lesser Martian Bunny Bun Bun. That's a good name. Yep. Yep. <sighs> um, so yeah, this is... It has a lot more of like very direct reference. Well, I would... I, I don't know. I can't necessarily say that because there there are a lot of direct references to Chrono Cross and Chrono Cross, but um, you can see where the the origins of Cross are coming from here and how they're already starting to make those ties. Um, it's just funny how some of them ended up working out, like the whole Magus thing becoming Guile, because it was like, yeah, we can't make this work. All right, we already designed him. Crap. Um, Guile, you're you're a different guy. You're you're a mass magician. It's fine. It's fine. You're Guile now. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was neat that I could play this. I don't know that I would play it again. No, I can confirm I would not play it again. <laughs> um, but it was cool to be able to play it. Yeah, like it's a cool bit of history that, you know, hadn't been out there officially mm -hmm. and now is, which is always something that's neat to see. Yes. I agree. Um, which I guess then we can move into cross a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so this was ninety nine. Do we need to go into development on this now? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Uh so yeah, Chrono Cross obviously came out, like you said. A little bit after Radical Dreamers came out, this was out on the PlayStation 1 in Japan on November 18th, 1999, and then in North America on August 15th, 2000, and obviously now a part of the Radical Dreamers edition for PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One that came out on April 7th, 2022, so 22 years after the initial release of the PlayStation 1 version. Wild. Very wild. So yeah, let's talk about development of Chrono Cross itself. Okay. Uh, Square began planning Chrono Cross immediately after the release of Xenogears in 1998, which itself was originally conceived as a sequel to the Super Nintendo game. Chrono Trigger scenario, scenario director Masato Kato had brainstormed ideas for a sequel as early as 1996 following the release of Radical Dreamers. Square's managers selected a team appointed Hiromichi Tanaka producer and asked Kato to direct and develop a new Chrono game in the spirit of Radical Dreamers. Kato thought Dreamers was released in a half-finished date and wanted to continue the story of the character Kid. Kato and Tanaka decided to produce an indirect sequel. They acknowledged that Square would soon re-release Chrono Trigger as part of Final Fantasy Chronicles, which would give players a chance to catch up on the story of Trigger before playing Cross. Kato thought that using a different setting and cast for Chrono Cross would allow players unfamiliar with Chrono Trigger to play Cross without becoming confused. The Chrono Cross team decided against integrating heavy use of time travel into the game, as they thought it would be rehashing and cranking up the volume of the last game. Masato Kato cited the belief there's no use in making something similar to before and noted, we are not so weak nor cheap as to try to make something exactly the same as Trigger. Accordingly, Chrono Cross is not Chrono Trigger 2. It doesn't simply it doesn't simply follow on, on, for, on from Trigger, but it's another different Chrono that interlaces with Trigger. Kato and Tanaka further explained their intentions after the game's released. Uh, this is from Kato himself. We didn't want to directly extend Chrono Trigger into a sequel, but create a new Chrono with links to the original. Yes, the platform changed, and yes, there were parts that changed dramatically from the previous work, but in my view, the whole point in making Chrono Cross was to make a new Chrono with the best available skills and technology of today. I never had any intentions of just taking the system from Trigger and moving it onto the PlayStation console. That's why I believe that Cross is Cross and not Trigger 2. 
And then Tanaka said, when creating, when creating a series, one method is to carry over a basic system, improving upon it as the series progresses, but our stance has been to create a completely new and different world from the ground up and to restructure the former style. Therefore, Chrono Cross is not a sequel to Chrono Trigger. Had it been, it would have been called Chrono Trigger 2. Our main objective for Chrono Cross was to share a little bit of the Chrono Trigger worldview while creating a completely different game as a means of providing new entertainment to the player. This is mainly due to the transition in platform generation from the Super Nintendo to the PlayStation. The method I mentioned above about improving upon a basic system has inefficiencies, and that it's impossible to maximize the console's performance as the console continues to make improvements in leaps and bounds. Although essentially an RPG at its core, it is a computer game, and I believe that games should be expressed with a close connection to the console's performance. Therefore, in regards to development, our goal has always been to express the game utilizing the maximum performance of the console at the time. I strongly believe that anything created in, in this way will continue to be innovative. Uh, full production. Are you going to say something? Sorry. I was going to say, I have a note um, that I, I don't know how to remedy. Um, I thought Xenogears was the original concept for Final Fantasy Seven. I don't know, maybe. Not a sequel to Trigger. Anyway, I just had to bring that up because it's been bothering me since it, it, <laughs> it was said. I'm like, wait a minute. Continue. Full production. Full production began on Chrono Cross in mid-1998. The Chrono Cross team reached 80 members at its peak with an additional personnel of 10 to 20 cutscene artists and 100 quality assurance testers. The team felt pressure to live up to the work of Chrono Trigger's Dream Team development group, which included the included famous Japanese manga artist Akira Toriyama. What? Kato and Tanaka hired Nobuturo Yuki for character design and Yasuyuki Hane for art direction and concept art. The event team originally envisioned a short game and planned a system for, by which players would befriend any person in a town for alliance and battle. Developers brainstormed traits and archetypes during the character creation process, originally planning 64 characters with unique endings that could vary in three different ways per character. Ugh. Kato described the character creation process. Take Pierre, for example. We started off by saying we wanted a wacko fake hero from, like Tata from Trigger. We also said things like, we need at least one powerful mom, no way we're going to go without a twisted brat, and so on and so forth. <laughs> As production continued, the length of Cross increased, leading to the event team to reduce the number of characters to 45 and scrap most of the alternate endings. Developers humorously named the character Pip Sumaru in Jap Japanese, which means packed, as a pun on their attempts to pack as much content into the game as possible. To avoid the burden of writing unique accent and dialogue for several characters, team member Kiyoshi Yoshi coded a system that produces accents by modifying basic text for certain characters. Art director Nobutura Yuki initially wanted the characters to appear in a more chibi format with dim diminutive proportions. The game's world's fusion of high technology and ethnic tribal atmospheres provided challenging at first. Proof challenging at first. He later recalls driving to harmonize the times period level of technology, especially as reflected in the character's garb. 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 <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Masato Kato directed and wrote the main story, leaving subplots and minor characters events to other staff. The event team sometimes struggled to mesh their work on the plot due to the complexity of the parallel world's concept. Masato Kato confirmed that Cross featured a central theme of parallel worlds, as well as the fate of Shala, which he was previously unable to expand upon, and Chrono Trigger. Concerning the, ending, uh, concerning the ending sequences showing Kid searching for someone in a modern city, he hoped to make players realize that alternate futures and possibilities may exist in their own lives, and that this realization would not stop with the game. He later added, paraphrasing one novelist's favorite words, what's important is not the message or theme, but how it is portrayed as a game. Even in Cross, it was intentionally made so that the most important question was left unanswered. Kato described the finished story as old boy-meets-girl type story with some sometimes shocking twists. Kato rode his motorcycle to relieve the stress of the game's <laughs> release schedule. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Wait, what's the most can... important question that was left unanswered? 
That's that's for you to figure oh out. Oh God. Okay. Anyway. He continued refining event data during the final stages of development while the rest of the team undertook debugging and quality control work. Square advertised the game by releasing a short demo of the first chapter with purchases of Legend of Mana. The North American ver version of Cross required three months of translation and two months of debugging before release. Richard Honeywood translated working with translated working with Kato to realize certain dialogue for ease of comprehension in English. He also added instances of wordplay and alliteration to, for, to compensate for difficult Japanese jokes. To streamline translation for all 45 playable characters, Honeywood created his own version of the accent generator which needed to be more robust than the simple verbal ticks of the Japanese cast. Although the trademark Chrono Cross was registered in the European Union, the game was not released in Europe. <laughs> okay. Um, Yasunori Mitsuda was also brought back in to do the soundtrack for the game, mm -hmm. and he made a bunch of music. <laughs> yep. Sure did. He did make a lot of music. Well, we're not doing Russian anymore. We're Mediterranean, Fado, Celtic, Celtic? I forgot how you pronounce that. Celtic. Celtic. And um, progressive African music. You know, just the whole the whole gambit. This man's wildin'. He's wildin'. Um, let's talk about release and uh, the reception of this game. Okay. They shipped 850,000 units in Japan and sold 650,000 abroad by 2003. It was re-released re as a greatest hits title on the PlayStation. It also got re-released on PSN on in July 6, 2011 in Japan and November 8, 2011 in North America. They did not put it out in the power regions, I guess, because they didn't put out a power region version of it in the first place. Right. Um, it definitely has a high Metacritic score of 94 out of 100. Wow. It is, it is infinitely controversial because it is one of... It was like a very early GameSpot 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. in the time when they were not giving out 10 out of 10s willy-nilly. Right. Um, I think the the thing about that was that like they gave that game to not like one of the regulars on their staff and they the person reviewed it and gave it a 10 out of 10 and like they were like, all right, do, do you think this is a 10 out of 10? They're like, yep, sure do. And they're like, all right, here you go. <laughs> Everyone's just like, huh? Uh -huh. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fan reaction was largely positive, though certain fans complained that the game was f a far departure from its predecessor, Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They obviously are making that well known that this is not Chrono Trigger Two. Yep. <laughs> um. Let's see here. Kato later acknowledged that he could have shown more empathy to the player by making the story less complex and acknowledged fans who felt the game was a departure from Chrono Trigger, noting that one can still equally enjoy the game. <laughs> uh, then obviously they put out this remaster, which includes uh, Radical Dreamers. They also did some work to it, like, and then added some of the, the bonus features that are in the Final Fantasy 789 remakes, mm -hmm. or remasters, I should say, that they've put out on various consoles. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about sequel. Okay. That's on here. In 2001, Hirodobu Sakaguchi revealed the, revealed the company staff wanted to develop a new game and were discussing script ideas. Although Kato was interested in a new title, the project had not been greenlighted. Square then registered a trademark for Chrono Break Worldwide, <laughs> causing speculation concerning a new sequel. Nothing materialized, and the trademark was dropped in the United States on November 13, 2003, though it still stands in Japan and the European Union. Kato later returned to Square Enix as a freelancer to work on Children of Mana and Dawn of Mana. Mitsuda also expressed interest in scoring a new Chrono series game. In 2005, Kato and Masuda teamed up to do a game called Deep Labyrinth, and again in 2008 for Sands of Destruction, both for the Nintendo DS. The February 2008 issue of Game Informer ranked the Chrono series 8th among the top 10 sequels in demand, naming the game's steadfast legacies in the Square Enix catalog and asking, what's the d*** holdup? 
In Electronic Gaming Monthly's June 2008 retro issue, writer Jeremy Parrish cited Chrono as the franchise video game fans would be most thrilled to see a sequel to. In the May 1st, 2009 issue of Famitsu, Chrono Trigger plays 14th out of 50 in a vote of most wanted sequels by the magazine's readers. Note, that's Chrono Trigger, not Chrono Cross. Correct. At E3 2009, Square Enix Senior Vice President Shinji Hashimoto remarked, If people want a sequel, they should buy more. <laughs> Which is a very Square Enix uh, response to that. Yep, sure is. And I guess we should note that, uh, yeah, there's been no sequel to either of these games. Mm -hmm. Now, people have so, been asking for Break for ages now. For two decades. I, I don't think Break is going to happen, kids. No. Unless, like, for some reason, people buy a ton of Chrono Cross and they're like, oh. Oh. But even then, Square is going to look at, like, a ton of sales and be like, hmm. What if we just make Chrono NFTs instead? It didn't sell enough. What if we just make another $12,000 figure? Yeah, I mean, Square Enix obviously is very notorious, as we've mentioned here on this show a few times, about, like, what they think games should sell in terms of, like, those numbers, and usually they're just way off the mark yep. in terms of, like, what normal companies would look at and be like, this is a success. They're like, no, this is not a success. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be a thing. I don't think putting out a Chrono Cross remaster is going to really push the needle in that direction even further to them to make a new Chrono game. No. Especially because, like, it's been over 20 years since Chrono Cross came out. Like, I mean, if you you could get probably Kato and uh, Mitsuda back. Yeah. I'm sure they would come back and do another Chrono game. But at the, but even at the same time, like, what does a new Chrono game even look like in 20... That's a good question. In, in the... In the 21st century, in the 2020s, as a very good question, I don't know the answer to that either. Yeah, I don't know. And like I like I said earlier, like I I don't think this remaster of Chrono Cross is really going to push that needle into making a new one of these games because like no, a it's not Chrono Trigger, correct, and. It's Chrono Cross, which is a more divisive game than Chrono Trigger is. That's something that I'm shocked by, is that like all the reviews are so high for this because I mean, I, I've been a person on the internet for many, many years. Um and I have not seen as much positive reaction to Cross as as that. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know. It was kind of kind of surprising to me i think it's always been like a like more of a critical game that's like people have been into especially like back in the day they were uh -huh. i think as the years have gone on it's gotten people have become more critical of it that's fair and like the fan backlash thing against it has become kind of more vocal towards it okay well now i'm gonna sound like an ass when i talk about this game <laughs> i mean to be fair that's just how we are yeah yeah um on a note that has nothing to do with Chrono Cross as a game in and of itself. Um, this remaster runs like it runs like absolute dog. It it is awful, and I don't understand. You, you played on Switch, right? I played it on Switch, mm -hmm. which that's probably my bad. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's a it's not like this is going to be pushing the Switch hardware. It's a twenty year old game. Yeah. Like, I, it runs like absolute garbage. I did not expect how 
bad it would run. Um, but I mean, there's, there's parts where like I was running across the screen. It was just like chugging like, Oh God, guys, really? Yeah. This is, this is the thing here. It says, uh, uh, while Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers edition was received well by critics, it received a negative reaction from players in part due to how it performed as compared to its PlayStation one counterpart. Analysis showed that the remastered version had its frame rate dropping quite frequently and was unable to cross the threshold of 30 FPS. This issue has been noted across all the platforms it was released on. Okay, so it wasn't just the Switch. No, it's a every it's a this ha, this is how they made this remaster problem. Ooh, okay, wow. Um, to its credit, though, with this remaster, um, I hate the battle system of Cross. I absolutely hate the battle system of Cross. Now, you you played this game originally. Yeah. When it came out, were you all were you someone who didn't like it back then, or and you just still don't like it, or did you kind of tolerate back then and now don't like it? Um, I, I mean, I still own the PS One version of it. I'm right. looking at it right now. Um, <laughs> and it's worth mentioning that like I was a massive fan of Trigger. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still a massive fan of Trigger. I mean, I bought Chrono Trigger on the PlayStation 1 because it had those Akira Toriyama cutscenes. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I was a Dragon Ball fan, so like, I, I learned about this, and I was like, oh, I have to buy this game now. Oh, I know, I know. I figured you would. Um, but I I loved Trigger, and I, I Trigger has so many good, good feelings for me. Um, I think I can count... This might be my third time total playing through Cross, which says a lot because if they're JRPGs that I really, really like, I tend to play them like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, as you were very well aware, uh, since I just like recently was like, well, what if I just play through Five Eight again for funsies? Why not? Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, this is probably my third time playing through it. Um, So I came away from this not super happy. I mean, it's hard to go from Trigger, which was like a a once-in-a-lifetime kind of game where they combined literally Square and Enix together prior to them merging as a company together. Right. And Akira Toriyama to make a JRPG that, like no one was doing at the time like no one would they weren't square and Enix weren't working together in this facet before and you know four years four to five years after the fact like there's only remnants of that team now for cross which is going to make some sort of you know drop in quality i think yeah no i totally agree and like i i wholeheartedly think that chrono trigger is one of the greatest games that's ever been made um i will say that straight up it is a very, very good game in terms of how it actually functions mechanically. Like the the not Toriyama art, um, <laughs> the music of it's perfect. Like Chrono Trigger is such a well-crafted game in almost every aspect. Um, so then you go into Cross and you're like, okay, cool. Um, I feel like one with the battle system, they try to do way too much. It's it can get confusing, and mm-hmm. it's just like I, I 
there's only so much I want to have to do on a screen to make make the character go bonk. I love to make a character go bonk. Yeah, like, and, and you had like the really cool like tech system um, and trigger. You have some of that here, but it's like one time use only for some stupid reason. Um, so I just think there's a lot of like strange questionable choices that were made with cross. And even back then I was like, eh, you know, this is okay. Um, but it definitely wasn't a mind blowing game and it definitely wasn't something I was like, holy moly, like, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, mean, I- I was gonna say if you if you want like I feel like a good comparison to like the difference between Trigger and Cross. Let's talk about uh, producer Hiromichi Tanaka, who was the original producer for one game called Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> <laughs> Before he got the boot, because oh man, that game was bad. That was a mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh- I think it probably didn't help as well that they were so. As we've seen through the quotes that they've they've talked about here, like they were so adamant about this not being Chrono Trigger that I think that probably hindered them in development. Being like, we can't just make Chrono Trigger two, right? When kind of they are, and you can't get away from that. I think that's the real problem here, and I think you really hit the, the nail on the head. Is that they were trying so hard to not be Chrono Trigger two, so they were just like going bananas with it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like they were relying heavily on Chrono Trigger for parts of the story, right? That it's like, okay, so what are you actually trying to be here? I don't, I don't understand. Um, and I came into this version of it thinking, like, maybe if I play it now as like an adult, I'll have a different opinion on it than I did before. Right. Um, and I might have come out of it having a worse opinion than I did before. <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, and I hate saying that because, like, there are good parts about this game. I just think that it's kind of a hot mess. I mean, like, you have 45 characters. Only, like, maybe a handful of them actually get any kind of characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of them just have their, like, accent generator which is a wild thing but that's that's how it functions um but i mean there's no reason at 45 characters if you're only going to give a few of them any kind of actual personality right um and like there's so much stuff that they threw into the battle system i just feel like they just threw so much at this game that they didn't really know what they wanted it to be and it just comes across as messy Does that make sense? No, yeah, it totally does. Um, and, like, a lot of the characters have cool designs. But, like, the designs don't really mean much if they say, like, five lines and then they're gone forever unless you put them in a battle for some reason. That you can, like, you have to play through it multiple times to even get all the characters. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, you, you can do playthroughs and, like, not even meet anybody. Like, I didn't meet Guile in my gameplay this time. Woo! 
He's too busy doing some sonic booms over somewhere else. <laughs> Good for him. He's getting his flat top with his mask on. Um, not being Magus, of course. But um, I went with the 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 rock star guy named Nikki because he's named after Nikki Six. Um, <laughs> How many drugs is he doing though? I mean, he. Have you seen Nikki? No. Google Nikki from Chrono Cross for me. N i k k i. I just need you to see Nikki. He fights. With oh boy. A, he fights with a guitar pick. I mean, that's cool. It is really cool. That's why I actually went with Nikki. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a look. <laughs> that's Nikki. So uh, make it that what you will. Uh, the other options are, of course, Guile and... Um, Why didn't they just keep his name the same as it is in Japanese? What is it in Japanese? I don't remember. Slash. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably because... Um, well, I was going to say probably because it was a reference to Trigger, but they kept Glenn in, so... Who knows? Slash would have made more sense, though. Especially because Slash is, like, more interesting than Nikki Six, but... Especially in 1999 2000. Right, 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 right. Like, what was Nikki Six even doing in 2000? I don't know. Molly Crew was probably doing something or just a bunch of drugs. <laughs> Most likely just a bunch of drugs. Let's uh, see if I can look up and see what he was doing in 1999 and 2000. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and it also makes sense, like, Slash, you know. I had to look and see if he was alive or not. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. He is. Okay, good for him. I'm proud of him. <laughs> um, But there's also, like, strange, while you're looking this up, I'm going to talk about characters. Um, Like, one of the, there's strange recruitment decisions. Like, one of the characters that you can get is Serge's, like, not-girlfriend. Um, and it's so unintuitive on how you get her because you are like on a like cliffside with Kid at the beginning, and Kid's like, "Hey, I'm gonna join your party." You have to say no repeatedly to Kid in terms of joining the party in order for your your not girlfriend to join your party and it's like that seems so non-intuitive in an rpg for somebody to be like hey let me join your party and you're just like no no especially when this person's on the freaking box art right what the heck so like that's that's odd and a lot of times it's like take this item to this person or whatever there's a mermaid in here that's kind of cool um, just like a voodoo doll with a big stake driven through his heart. Um, there's one character who is a skeleton. His name is Skelly. And you can only get Skelly when you collect pieces of his bones back and put him back together. And um, then you get to return him to his grandma, which is kind of sad because, you know, he's a skeleton. Um trying to remember if there are any other characters that are like wild and I mean there's a lot of characters in this I don't remember how many characters I got um not all of them obviously no you can't get all of them in one 
play, play through. Uh, another non-intuitive one is that I, I really want a Glenn because, you know, trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, not the same Glenn, but it's clearly a reference. Um, and there's a part in the game where, like, kid gets poisoned. And the way for you to get Glenn is to refuse to save her. Which, once again, she's the girl in the box art. And you're just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, what are, you, what are these decisions? Who makes these decisions? Why are these the decisions that lead me to get characters? By being an I get good characters. It's weird. It's very weird. It's very, very weird. Um, did you find out what Nikki Six is doing in 2000? Well, in, in 1999, Tommy Lee left the band, so they were struggling. Then they put out a new album in 2000 with one of Ozzy Osbourne's drummers. There's your Motley Crue update. Wow, those are some decisions that happened there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Um, man. Um... I feel like this game has like two different it feels like it's got a break in it honestly mm-hmm. um, and I don't know that it's a good break because as we talked about earlier like there are parallel worlds in this um, there's the world where Surge died and then there's the world where Surge did not die and like, I guess the neat thing about that is that you can take some of the characters from the other worlds that are like, hey, let's go meet your other self in this world. Okay, sure, why not? Um, so up to a point, it's like relatively normalish, like balancing between the worlds, going on adventures, yay. Um, and then there gets to a point where you like fight with links um and it goes poorly and he like steals Serge's body and then you play like a significant portion of the game as Serge in Lynx's body which is very weird and Kid is just like gone and brainwashed against you and um you instead have Harl or Harley I don't know how people usually pronounce her name it's the same argument that people have with Marl from Trigger. Literally the same argument of is it <laughs> is is it Marl? Is it Marley? Is it Harl? Is it Harley? It's the same argument just with a different front letter. Um, I've always called her Harl, but um, you know, then she becomes like your your tag along friend though, who's guiding you and. Oh no, she's actually big dragon. Also, the dragons want to murder you. Also, there's like a supercomputer that <laughs> is like Serge's dad and his friend Miguel, I think is his name. Um, Serge got attacked by a poison panther at one point or something like that. And so they take Serge to the Dead Sea. Um, to try and get him healed from Poison Panther and 
there's a supercomputer type thing there that like takes over his dad, but also like heals Surge and Surge becomes the new Chrono Trigger. Um, and you have to like fight Miguel at one point while like the three main trio from uh, Chrono Trigger are there, but in their kid forms and also their ghosts. Like it, it, it kind of goes off the rails. It seems like it. And then there's like, oh, by the way, um, you know, kid was raised by Luca, which we got from Radical Dreamers, um, and Luca may or may not be dead. We're not sure. Unconfirmed. She's dead in the other one, but she's she's unconfirmed dead here. Probably dead. Also, Robo was like part of the computer thing so robo's dead um also the um what's his name gato the the singing robot from trigger mm -hmm. he, he's dead he dies i know right you see him die in front of your fight your fives your eyes um i was trying to say face and eyes at the same time and it became fives <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's kind of unclear on like who who was dead and who is not dead, other than those people who are confirmed dead. Um, but Kid is a clone of Shala. Even though Shala had blue hair, Kid has blonde hair. That's kind of unclear. Also, Kid is Australian for some inexplicable reason. Um, also, Harl might also be a clone of Shar. It's it's not clear, but it's speculated so you got little like clones running around but she's also fused with lavos for some reason like it feels like they had a decent like build up to a point and then they're just like oh god we have to shoehorn in a bunch of trigger references and they did and it was a mess that's really what it feels like to me. Yeah. Um, also, there are dragons who want to kill you. Let's put that in there. Why not? Also, Harl is one of them. Why not? Sure. Fine. Um, but, um, like, the final boss you have to fight is, like, Lavos um, and, and um, why am I blanking on her name? I've said it, like, a million times. Why am I blanking on her name? Chrono. No, that's a guy. Um, Shala, is that her name? Is that her name? Shala? Yes. Um, yeah, Shala is like fused with Lavos, but she's also a kid for some reason. And she's blonde there too. Uh, don't understand why. Um... And that final boss is like one of the most annoying things I've ever had to experience because you have to, the game has like elements, each character has elements that they're like inherently able to use um, as one of the parts of the really crazy battle system. And um, there's a song you have to play by hitting Lavos 
with the elements in the correct order. But if he attacks you, he's going to attack you with the opposite element of what you're supposed to use. And you can only use these elements that you're using once. So, like, as long as you have a stacked board, it's usually okay. But, like, yikes. It's really annoying. That's the only way you can get the true ending. Which doesn't sound like fun. No, no, it, it's not. And so, like, the whole idea, which you kind of touched on this a little bit, is that, like, there are parallel worlds and different realities and um, like the ending FMV is like a real live version of kid looking for real live version of surge which is technically you as the player because she keeps sounding like I'll, I'll, I'll always find you blah. Um, but then there's like also a married version of her with surge at one point and and the credits I don't know it's very confusing. I feel like I'm just kind of like barfing on this game right now. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like it, I I really was hoping that I would come into this with a better, like I, I, I was hoping I would come away with this with a better feeling that I did going into it. And like I said, I feel like I hate the game even more than I already did. And that's not to say that it's like a bad game per se. But it kind of is bad in ways. There is such thing as trying to do too much at once. Yeah, totally. And I think that's what happened here. It's, it's like this is going to be a weird, weird comparison. My mom used to make these beans. And sometimes my grandpa thought that he knew better and would just like randomly dump stuff in that definitely didn't go in beans. And then mom would turn around and be like, oh God, what happened to the beans? These, this isn't what I wanted. Like that's, that's Chrono Cross. Somebody just added ingredients that don't go in the beans. Chrono Cross, it's beans. <laughs> there you go, Square. You can use that. It's all yours, buddy. Um, but yeah, like there are some neat references. I will say that. But yeah, also, um. Like at the very, very end, literally right before you take the portal to go fight the final boss, once again, the, the Chrono Trio as kids are just like chilling around the portal and just like absolute plot dump you with things that probably should have been in the actual story. <laughs> like explaining to you that like, so Lynx is Serge's dad. And, like, he, he was kind of, like, driven nuts by the supercomputer. But the su supercomputer also, like, changed his appearance to be the thing that scared Surge the most, which is a panther. 
so like he's a humanoid panther type thing. And it's like, I feel like that maybe should have been put into the story as opposed to like Kid Chrono telling me that right before the final boss. Optionally. You don't even have to talk to him. You can just keep going in the portal and <laughs> like, okay, sure. <sighs> yeah. Chrono Cross. I guess the the question here is at the end. It says the ambiguous ending leaves the events of the characters' lives following the game up to interpretations. Like, okay. Um, there's also like ten thousand endings to this, much like Chrono Trigger had. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what they are. Um, just like there could have been more. Like, I think one is that like Serge marries the the girl from his hometown and like becomes a fisherman which cool this game would have been improved if it had a fishing mini game instead of that stupid compass game <laughs> gambling like he comes from a fishing town he lives on the water how are you not letting me fish what is wrong they don't with like you? you they don't like me very obviously they don't like me um which you can confirm that i was I was mad about the gambling game at one point, and I was texting you. I was just like, "This should just let me fish." I was so mad. I don't. Very true. I don't gamble. I just, I just want to fish. I just want fish. Just let me fish. There's water everywhere. Let me fish. Jerks. Um. It's when the, like, kid becomes a general, I think. Like, takes over a country. Um, that might be the same one. Uh, there's one where... Um, Glenn's brother, who's actually not dead, even though they think he's dead. Um, he decides he's gonna like open up viper manor to like orphans and raise them and they're trying to figure out like well how do we get the money for this so they open up like a host club basically and just like swindle people out of their money and they end up taking a ton of money out of a uh, out of links who is in surge's body at that point which by the way as a side note they they changed the the art a little bit for this version of it and for the most part mm -hmm. it was better um but for the links in surge's body art they basically just made him like stupidly evil looking like he even has like a, a skull on his hat or something uh. and i'm just like what are you guys doing <laughs> He looks stupid. <laughs> like, oh, yes, I can definitely take you seriously as a villain when you have a stupid skull on your hat and, like, your little fang tooth. That's what all villains look like. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Um, but I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, I was talking about the endings. Yeah, they, they start a host club. Um... 
There are probably other endings. I don't remember what they are. Um, also, just as a worth mentioning note on this, um, the the stupid censorship chuds came out about this game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they got real mad about this game, like big mad. Real dumb. Um, because they they seem to think that Square Enix has like a woke department. Um, who removes anything that could like be offensive to women, which is, is not what happened here. Um, there were some retranslation things that happened because they had a script that they fed into a generator of accents originally. And, you know, amazingly enough, that doesn't always work. Right. So sometimes you gotta, you know, I don't know, retranslate things. So they did that for minor lines and people freaked out. Also, they took away a panty shot of a nine-year-old. Yeah. And people got mad about people that. People got mad about that. So um, just for the record, nobody except for that nine-year-old really needs to see their own panties. So like, I don't need to see a nine-year-old's panties. She can keep that to herself. Yep. Yep. Um, I am not upset by that. Nope. Nope. Um, but I did feel like that was worth bringing up. The people are, right. people are gross and people are terrible, and they should get punted to the moon. What did the moon do to deserve that, though? Well, where do you want me to punt them? Just in the space. Okay. All right. Well, they'll punt- sit out there. Let's punt them in. Sp- they go hang out with cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Cars are even too good for them. <laughs> you punt them in the opposite direction of cars. Don't even get to hang out with them. This fabulous hair. Anyway, I've gone off the rails. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, is there anything else I should mention about Chrono Cross? I don't know. No, either. I will reiterate the battle system's terrible. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm very glad that they gave the like god mode on here because it was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. I think if this game did not have the god mode, I would have given up like way earlier because I just did not like it enough in general right. to suffer. And I don't know how I played it to begin with because it's like, oh god, this is a mess. You have to balance the elements that are one-time use, and you have to balance, like, getting weird, like, star, um, I don't even remember what it's called. Basically, like, star stamina type things that, like, every action you take takes stamina, and, like, you have to build that up in order to actually do things, and, um, your other characters have to do damage in order to build it up if you're, like, out of it, or you defend, um, so there's just like a lot going on there. It's crazy pants. Chrono Cross. Yep. It, <laughs> it's not Chrono Trigger 2. It is not Chrono Trigger 2. You know, you're right. Mm-hmm can't deny that so i think that that's really the the takeaway here 
This is not Chrono Trigger 2. My other one takeaway is that I'm glad that they did the same thing they did with all the other Final Fantasy remasters where they just kept the credits intact. So you get all that great Square Electronic Arts branding throughout those credits. Ah, yes, yes, yes. But also it looks like absolute hot garbage because it's still, yeah. like, still like the original resolution and everything. You're like, oh, God. That's what I'm here for. Um, but yeah, it had that. It had like the, the old credits with the FMV and... I was like, you know what? That, that's, mm-hmm. That was nice. I, I sent you a video of that. You did? So you could see all the, the old square glory. I did see all that square glory. And all that FMV kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do appreciate that. Um, There is a new ending. Um, You have to beat Cross. You have to beat Radical Dreamers. You have to sit through the credits on the main screen again you cannot skip the credits you have to watch through every single bit of the credits then there's a secret text only ending um i don't know what to make of it um of course like everybody seems to think like this is pointing to a new chrono game but i don't think that's what it is it feels kind of like a like a Magus monologue type thing, and I don't even know that that's who's speaking. I have no idea. It's me. Jared, why did you get into Chrono Cross? I just wanted to be a surprise. You know, that's fair. Because I was told it's not Chrono Trigger 2. You're right. You're right. It's not Chrono Trigger 2. Well, so I'm here to announce Chrono Trigger 2 coming soon. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um... Yeah, it was a very odd thing to, like, tuck that away in the credits after you beat the two games. Like, sure, I guess? I mean, they give you a little something-something for getting the remaster, I guess. Yeah, like I said, it's, like, all black background, white text, just... There you go. Um, I don't know, I probably should, like, Google to see if anybody had to come up with a better interpretation for it, but I read through it and I was like, all right. And then forgot literally every bit of it. Well, there you go. I think that's <laughs> that's all you need. You forget every bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me want to go play Trigger again. It's <laughs> really all I want to do. You know what would have made Trigger an absolute perfect game? Don't say it. <laughs> Don't you say it? Do you know what I'm gonna say? I know what you're going to say, and no, why, you're wrong. Why? Why am I wrong? Because you're wrong. I'm, I'm not wrong. No, you're wrong. No, I'm not wrong. That's 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 we're, we're done with the podcast now. <laughs> that's going to do it for this week. I got fired for the podcast. You know, you didn't get fired. We're just ending it. <laughs> Before you can say things that you regret. I would never regret saying that. Regret. I would never regret saying what I was thinking. Saying factual lies. <laughs> Actual lies, excuse you. Uh, but yeah, that's that's Chrono Cross, that's Radical Dreamers, that's everything in between. Yep. And that's that remaster. It's weird. Yep. So there you go. Mm-hmm. But that's going to do it for this week. If you'd like more from us, head on over to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cools where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared and Al Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. You can buy our books, One Shiny Moment, a critical analysis of Love Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. 
And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a whole wealth of bonus content as well. Next week, the first episode of May. Oh my god. It's gonna be May. It's gonna be May. And we'll talk about something, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. Fishing would have made it better. Hmm. <laughs>